Thank you, Brother Terry, and I praise the Lord for that truth. Uh, I'm glad he didn't throw the clay away. When I mess up, oftentimes it's really a, a bad mess up. And so I'm thankful that uh, Jesus, he doesn't throw the clay away. He just remodes us, makes us, and what he wants us to be. He tries again, and we're a little faithful to what that purpose is. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Sermon slide says this morning I'm going to be preaching about the tragedy of backsliding. The tragedy of backsliding. We don't hear many sermons on backsliding. We talk about backsliders, but we don't hear sermons about backsliding. So I want us to look at Proverbs 14. Then we'll go to a familiar passage, Luke chapter 15, as we read verses 11 through 24. First of all, Proverbs chapter 14, and we'll read verse 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. Now that's, that's real important. That's, part of the, that's the definition of a backslider. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. A backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. Now, if you will, please turn to Luke, Luke chapter 15. You'll be familiar with this passage. Luke chapter 15, and this is uh, the parable of the prodigal son. And so Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Let's look at this together. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them so said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that, fall to, that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. King James says, with riotous living, this is the new King James, with, with prodigal living, with riotous living. But when he had spent all, verse 14, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, you can underline that, you know, for a backslider to return to the Lord Jesus, there has to be a time that you return to yourself. That you return, he came to himself, he came to himself, and he said, notice verse 17, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to the father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands or hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and, 
and in your side, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to be merry. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to have our praise, worship time. God, you're such a great God. Thanks for speaking to our heart to our, to our, as we went through our worship service. And now as we open your word, speak to our heart in your word. Allow your word to penetrate our mind and our hearts. And Father, I pray at this time, Lord, that you would deal with each person individually. Call us to what you would have us to do. Let us be faithful in your call upon our life. Thank you for what you're going to do in this service this morning. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning I want to share with you about the tragedy of backsliding. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want to to mention is what is a backslider? People have different ideas about what a backslider is or what backsliding is. First of all, what is a backslider? Now first, some would define a backslider based on their theological understanding of salvation. By that, I mean they would say that backsliding has to do with your salvation. Uh, They would say in their theology that they believe that a person is lost, then they're saved, but then they can be lost again, and that's backsliding. Person's lost, person's saved, then they can sin, be lost again, and that's backsliding. Now, as Baptists, we believe in the doctrine that's known as the eternal security of the believer. That just simply means that if you truly have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, then you're saved forever, forever. The Bible says in John 3.16, You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life, have eternal life, have forever and forever and forever life. And so we believe that a person can be saved forever. Some believe in the definition that a backslider is uh, based on the understanding of what they think uh, in regards to the theology of salvation. Others say, some say that backsliding has to do with contamination. Contamination. They believe that, that a believer gets off in some kind of deep sin some type of fleshly living, uh, maybe perhaps lying or stealing or adultery or fornication and so on and so forth. And they think because they continue to live in some fleshly sin that they're saved, but they've backslidden. But I suggest to you this morning that most who think they're backsliders from God are really sinners that have never been converted. I've had people to say to me from time to time, they'll say, well, preacher, I've been saved for 10 years, and I haven't been to church in five years. 
Or preacher, I've been backslidden 10 years, or I've been backslidden 15 years, or 20 years. They'll say that. Do you really think, based on what we learned last Sunday about God's discipline, do you really think that God who disciplined those who belong uniquely to Him would allow a child of His to stay that long out of His will without drawing Him back through some type of discipline or chastisement by now? Personally, I believe He would have killed Him before 20 years. The point is, most of the time, when a person backslides, they have never committed adultery or fornication or some other fleshly sin or some type of immorality. It'll surprise you who backsliders are. Backsliding is not salvation-oriented. Backsliding is not all about contamination. But according to Proverbs 14, verse 14, backsliding is when you are filled with your own ways. So the word filled literally means to be satisfied or to have enough. So a backslider is a person who is satisfied and has enough just like himself or herself. So what is a backslider? A backslider is someone that is filled with their own ways. They're satisfied. They have enough just with themselves. Well, where does backsliding begin? Where does it happen? Well, point is, in reality, it happens in your heart. It begins in your heart. The point is, in reality, a person doesn't backslide because of sin, but a person sins because... They backslide. So where does backsliding begin? In the heart. A person doesn't backslide because of sin, but they sin because they've backslidden. Now, what are the characteristics of a backslider? We're going to bear down a little here. What are the characteristics of a backslider? If you're taking notes, first of all, the backslider is unexcited about the Savior. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Paul's speaking to the, uh, or the Lord speaking through Paul to the, to the church at Ephesus. First, uh, or Revelation 2. Revelation 2, 1 through 4. Listen to what God's Word says. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things say I, or says he who hosts the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and they are not, and they have, and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That sounds pretty good. I mean, they seem like they're doing a good job. Then he says in verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. And so a backslider is a person who is satisfied with himself, just himself, nothing else. And over in Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 4, 
The church sounds like it's pretty good. I mean, it's morally clean, it's ethically sound, it's doctrinally correct. But verse 4 says they had left their first love. So the question is, what does it mean to leave your first love? Well, John says you're not excited about Jesus anymore. That's just a simple explanation of leaving your first love. You're not excited about Jesus anymore. Most people today who call themselves Christians, call themselves Christians after the name of Christ, His name, are more excited about leaving church than coming to church. And more than 50% won't be back, more than 50% won't be back on Sunday night. And so a backslider is not excited about Jesus. So here's the point. You don't have to be deep in sin to be a backslider. For whatever you do this morning, don't think that it's not uncommon for you or for me are strange to be a backslider. You just have to be full of yourself. Just know, now, just, just think of this. First of all, a backslider is unexcited about Jesus. Think about how Jesus saved you, or when Jesus saved you. Think about our names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Think about... Uh, us being sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Think about coming back one day, Jesus coming back one day to, to take us to, to heaven to be with him. Think about knowing that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Don't you think that those things alone should cause us to get excited about Jesus? To want to come and study the word of God about Jesus? To hear the gospel or to hear the word of of God preached during a worship service? Think about it. Before you were saved, before you were saved, you were headed to hell. Before you were saved, you were a servant of the devil. Before you were saved, you were bound in sin. Before you were saved, you were unable to help yourself. Before you were saved, you didn't think anyone cared about your condition. Remember the song, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, Sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. I suggest to you this morning, and those who are here, those who are viewing, there's a lot who don't like the preaching of the gospel. And I suggest to you this morning, they don't like meeting to study God's word on Sunday morning. And I suggest to you this morning, they don't worship his sweet name by singing to him or by praising him. Listen, along the way, for whatever reason, they have lost the joy in what it means to be close to Jesus. It's not because they're evil people deep in some fleshly sin. That's not the reason. It's not because they're, un, uh, you might say, commit unspeakable sins. 
but it's because they're backsliders, those who are full of themselves and do not get excited about Jesus. What's a backslider? Where does backsliding happen? What are the characteristics of backsliding? First, the unex- be unexcited about Jesus. And then secondly, to be unembarrassed about sin. Jot that down. It's thinking about this. When you're excited about Jesus, you're going to be embarrassed about sin. When you're unexcited about Jesus, you're going to be unembarrassed about sin. Vass Havner said it this way. He said, there was a day when we blushed when we were embarrassed. But today, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed when we blush. There was a day when we blushed when we were embarrassed, but today we're embarrassed when we blush. We have lost our sensitivity to sin. Listen, if you will, it may not be on the screen, but listen to, if you will, to Jeremiah 6, verse 15. Jot this verse down. When they, when they ashamed, were, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall at the time I punish them. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. And so we're unexcited about Jesus as a backslider, and then we're unembarrassed about sin as a backslider. Now let me ask you this. Is there something in your life, think for a moment, is there something in your life that God has convicted you about and you're conscious about it but you still allow that to be in your life. There is, first of all, a conscious sin. Conscience sin. Let's talk about conscience sin just for a moment. Is there something in your life that God has put his finger on and he says to you, this is wrong? This is wrong. You need to repent of this. You need to turn from it. You need to get out of it. But because you're prideful or you're arrogant, you just continue in your sin, backsliding, waiting on the chastisement of God. There's a conscious sin. Then there's, secondly, there's a secret sin, a private sin. Generally, these are... Sexual sins in nature. James Dobson says this. He says the number one sin of Christian men is pornography. Nobody sees it. Nobody's aware that you're seeing it. Nobody is suspicious about it. It's just altogether a secret. However, down there in the private, unseen chambers of your heart, It's kindly tucked away. These sins are private, secret. You kind of have them locked away in your heart. So you have conscience sins, and you have secret sins, and then you have presumptuous sins. Number three, is there something in your life that you have presumptuously done? That word presumptuous simply means... to to go forward and to be bold while you're doing it. In other words, when God told you it was wrong for you to, to 
to continue in that sin, out of your arrogance perhaps, out of your pride, you just continue in that sin. It's in your face type, God. It's in your face, God, and it's in your face to everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to stop me. That's presumptuous sin. And then you have uh, unexcited about Jesus, a characteristic, unembarrassed about sin, the conscience sin, the secret sin, presumptuous sin, and then you're unconcerned about sinners characteristic of a backslider. When a person walks away from God, he or she becomes unconcerned about sinners, about those who've never trusted Christ. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you've had a burden about a lost person in your family, a neighbor, a close friend? How long has it been since you prayed for God to give you the courage to witness to that person? So the point is, the majority of people in our churches can care less about the lost. That's sad, because we're here to share the gospel with the lost. As I close out this morning, we have to ask this question. We've already discovered that a backslider does not, it's not necessarily someone who is, is, is in some type of immoral failure or or sinning in some immoral way or deep in some type of sensual sin. We don't have to be that way to be a backslider. So we have to ask the question, am I so full of myself that I've left my first love? Am I so full of myself that I have left my first love and I'm not close to the Lord as I should be? Am I excited about my Lord as I once was? Am I embarrassed about sins that I once was embarrassed about? So the question is, have I truly repented of my conscience sins God's pointed them out in my life. Have I repented of those? Have I repented about those secret sins, those things I have tucked away in my heart and no one knows about them? Have I repented about those presumptuous sins, those continued sins, those in-your-face God sins? God says it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but I'm still in the sin. And as I evaluate the third characteristic as a backslider, am I truly concerned about sinners? So the big question is, how can, what can I do about my backslidden condition? Number one, you repent. That's what Prodigal did in Luke chapter 15. He repented in verse 18. Notice what he said. He says, I will arise and go to my father. Now repentance is a... It's a turnaround. It's like you're going down a one-way street. You realize you're going the wrong way. You stop. You turn around. You go back the other way. Right now, you're going farther and farther and farther and farther away from God. You realize that. You stop today, and you turn, and you go back to the Father. That's repentance. The first thing you do, like the prodigal, the prodigal repented, uh, turned in verse 18. Verse 20 says this. He says in verse 20, and he arose and he came to his father. 
And so he turned from the way he was going, and he turned to the Father. The second thing you do is confess your sins. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 says, And the Son said to his Father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer to be worthy to call your Son. And so when you confess, that word confess means you see the same as God sees. You see your sin the same way as God sees your sin. It's sin. And you agree with God, God, this is sin. I've justified it. i rationalized it. And now, God, I confess it. I see it as you see it. It's sin. And then third, you trust. Verse 22. But the father said to the servant, Luke 15, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. In verse 24, For my son who was dead is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to make merry. So the third thing, he, he trusts that the father would forgive him and he would accept that forgiveness. You know, I don't believe that there's a believer, a true believer, a true follower of Jesus, who at one time or another hasn't been a backslider. Been so full of themselves that they've left their first love and have been unexcited about Jesus. You might be that way this morning. I don't believe there's a true believer that never has been unembarrassed about their sin. Conscience sins, secret sins, presumptuous sins. I don't believe there's a true believer that never has been so full of themselves that we've neglected to care about lost people. But today, God calls us to repent. And he calls us to confess our sins of a backslidden condition and return to him. So here's the question. Would you be willing to do that today? You see, you don't have to be in some type of deep sin to be a backslider. You can be a backslider real easy. And so we have to be careful. And so today I pray that uh, as you've examined your life, that you'll ask God to forgive you for walking away from him, for not being excited about him, that you would pray and ask God to forgive you for not being embarrassed because of sin, those in your own life, and that you would ask God to forgive you for not sharing your testimony and what he did for you to someone else where they too can have salvation. There's tragedy in being a backslider. That's our word prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into this place today, worship you, and then to hear your word. I pray for each person here. I have been a backslider, Lord. You've convicted me of that from time to time. I haven't been as close as I should be. I've had to ask you to forgive me. And you did. I trusted, trust that you did. And, and Lord, I went on. I came back to you. And Lord, you continue to bless my life. There have been times, Father, where I didn't take sin serious. And I was, uh, I was not uh, embarrassed because of sin. Had those conscience sins. Had those secret sins. But Father, you convicted me of those. 
And so, Father, you've, you forgave me, and, and I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. I pray for each one here this morning. I pray this would be a life-changing message from you to them. Forgive me of the feeble way that perhaps I presented it, but I pray that your Holy Spirit will bring the truth about. And Lord, as you speak to the hearts of people, they'll realize that it's so easy to walk away from you. And I pray this will be a time of revival in our church and in our people as they come back to you. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.